Hello, everyone. Welcome to the mashup NBA show with Ken and James. We finally have a decent title. We are the mashup NBA podcast or NBA mashup. Take your pick.、Uh, I am here today with my brilliant co-host Ken, and I am James. Ken, how are you? I'm great. Merry Christmas to you, James. Merry Christmas to you. It's Christmas Eve here in Vancouver, and Christmas Day over in Shanghai for you. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. The listener population of perhaps two and a half. I have no idea, but you know, I think Tyrone Lewis、project. probably listens to this podcast, or his his <laughs> many many supporters. Who I think one of our friends is a big fan of Tyrone Lewis and has him for Coach of the Year. And、uh, no, I'm joking on that, but、uh, okay, because. May maybe someone in our Facebook group actually did,、uh, you know, predict him to be finishing coach of the year. And actually,、uh, now I'm just going to segue right into one of the many topics that we have because, as you all know, the season just started、uh, two days ago, and a lot of teams,、uh, many teams, have already played their first game. And heck, I might even change my prediction, my coach of the year prediction to Tyron Lue. You don't know because he's just it's just perfectly、oh, set up for him because he's just. He's just a perfect usurper. Always just coming in, like setting, you know, where it's just all the table is all set for him, all perfectly laid out. Yeah,、and、he just comes in and you know puts the cherry on top, you know. Yeah. And before we get into the the nitty gritty stuff, like how are you doing, Ken? Like how how's everything going?、I、just want to give a little personal flavor to the podcast too for people that may not know who this brilliant person is, Ken. <laughs> yeah, I mean,、um, over here in Vancouver, I mean. A few weeks ago, we were kind of in the throes of、uh, the second wave,、uh, as they say, the second wave of COVID. So I had to kind of hunker down and、uh, stay at home a lot more and keep my bubble,、uh, social bubble, even、uh, tighter. But、um, yeah, overall, been good.、Uh, grateful that I have uh, uh, work to do.、Uh, I'm working on a on a marketing and sales project, and. Both good and bad with COVID because actually because、uh, obviously you know from a public health perspective COVID is not the greatest thing. Obviously in Shanghai they've definitely just taken control by、uh, by the reins already. But over here in BC, like、uh, COVID has kind of a、uh, you know created uncharted territory for everyone, including my industry,、uh, with respect to marketing and sales in the real estate industry. And because of that, you know. Uh, with the border restrictions and everything, travel restrictions, no one's traveling, and so everyone's just kind of staying at home. They're in town, and as a result, then、uh, the real estate market here, specifically in Vancouver, has been very active, and so I'm grateful for that.、Uh, personally, anything else?、Uh, nothing else really new. Just、uh, working, trying home, trying and trying to stay safe. That's it.、Uh, hopefully, some family time, right? Hopefully, yes, some... absolutely. I mean, that is essentially the bubble too. Like、uh, my immediate family that's here with me in、uh, Vancouver. And James, what about you? How are your?、Uh, I know you've、uh, started a couple things personally recently.、Uh, you're now a very busy man. Yeah, well,、um, my my day job or the startup that I'm running is like a streaming platform for for gaming and、uh, for gamers. And we've actually actually we've actually launched.、Uh, Carboard Live, which is the name of our company, we've launched the platform so that it, we're now officially a competitor to Twitch for 
streaming and I've just been busy getting like oh, wow. people on board and streaming. We had some really fun streams recently with people, you know, like early adopters, like friends and uh, I guess friends and family. They, I almost consider them family too. Just, I've known a lot of like magic players and gamers and they're just uh, helping us adopt. Uh, we're getting into like other content as well that I, I can't speak about right now, but hopefully in the new year, we can make some announcements about like going into non-gaming verticals, which is exciting. And uh, part-time I started B-School, business school. So um, the school is finally Amazing. opened up again because of COVID, uh, you know, being more under control in, in, in Shanghai, as you, as you mentioned. So uh, just being grateful too, man, just like, you know, holding on to what I have and hopefully I can continue learning and continue doing uh, fun stuff with other people like this podcast. That sounds great. Hey, by the way, just uh, one question about uh, cardboard live. Uh, is Texas Hold'em, is poker going to be one of the, uh, you know, some of the future content? We really want to, we really want to get into poker and betting uh, because the way that our, our platform works is that we're trying to build this like interactive layer. So when you're watching someone stream a game, you can participate, yeah. you can like vote for things, you can like buy things. And we think that's like a great compliment to poker because you already have that in poker. You already have like a lot of uh, betting. You have a lot of people like watching streams and, uh, you know, wagering. <laughs> so yeah. we would very much love to be part of that. So I didn't realize, James, that you and I have uh, something else in common aside from our, our love for the game of basketball. Because uh, in a previous life, like over 10 years ago, uh, I used to play poker full time. Uh, only oh, live, word. though. Only live. Nice. But uh, I was a full time grinder uh, for a short period of my life. And so, uh, you know, opened up a lot of uh, doors to me to, to great experiences. And, uh, you know, that's something else that we can talk about in the future. But, uh, you know, segue now into just, you know, gratitude. Something that we as uh, sports fans should all be grateful for right now. This just goes to show like why the NBA is like one of the best leagues, just how they can get their act together and just restart and get going like right away and get like a, like a pretty decent 72 game season, uh, you know, getting on the ground, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, handling COVID pretty well, uh, proceeding with the protocols. I mean, Hey, a third wave, you know, especially with the States, it might just get uh, out of hand. You never know, but you know, for the most part, the NBA, they're getting their act together, just restarting again. Uh, can't say the same for, let's say, like other sports leagues out there. Although the NHL kind of trying to muster a 56-game uh, season. But uh, Canada apparently is not really playing ball right now because they're restricting travel between the Canada and the States. Your second favorite team, right? Speaking of COVID, your second favorite team. I know it's not on the topics here, but they have relocated. Ah, yes. Oh, I didn't even talk about that. Yeah, uh, the Toronto Raptors, uh, which, uh, you know, some commentators have uh, raised in the previous shows, like the one team in the NBA that is getting uh, the biggest shaft and, like, you know, facing the most difficult challenge uh, just from an organizational perspective, perspective is, yes, the Raptors. Uh, imagine being a full-time player uh, living in Toronto and then now having to relocate from Toronto to Tampa because, uh, you know, Canada is not going to open the borders that way. And then for some of the players, you would have thought that some of the, uh, some people in the organization would have handled everything for the players, but actually a lot of the players, uh, it's been left to them to find their own housing. So oh, they really? have to connect. 
yes, they've had to connect like, you know, with their own real estate agents. Cause I listened to uh, like the preseason uh, uh, Yahoo sports Canada has been, uh, you know, doing a lot of zoom calls with the, the Raptors to kind of, you know, still stay connected with the Raptors and keeping that connection with Canada. And then OG Ananobi, he had, you know, he went on the, he went on the Yahoo sports castle, wherever it is saying, yeah, it's just been, it's just been a little hectic, obviously, because it was just very last minute. And then just getting in touch with real estate agents. And uh, <laughs> can you imagine that? Like, just if you're like a real estate agent, you know, in Tampa, yeah. <laughs> like flooding, flooding these players, they're the IGs. Hey, uh, we need these million dollar, here. need these million dollar homes stat. Yeah. And then just like you have to then spend that time as a player just to, to vet, like, mm-hmm. you know, all these people coming out of the woods saying, yeah, like, hey, man, you know. And then, yeah, like, you know, your network is not there in Tampa. But, uh, hey, on the other hand, though, on the flip side, like a lot of these players are obviously, or the majority are all American. And so, you know, knowing how COVID is in the States, like, it's a free-for-all, essentially. Anyone can just travel to anywhere, especially Florida. Like, oh, you want to come to Florida? No problem. Just fly on over here. Yeah. Mask? Whatever. Speaking of COVID... And uh, oh, by the sorry, way, sorry. Uh, you and I are Canadians, so are we actually yeah. allowed to just go into the U.S. right now and like just just show up and yeah. announce ourselves? Yeah, yeah, you can. It's uh, it's funny. Like, you know, a couple of my friends who live uh, who live outside of the states but are American, like they live overseas in other countries, but now they're just going back to America for the holidays. Just like, yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a free for all. It's a damn free for all. You know. Dang. All right. Yeah. Speaking of uh, COVID safety and protocols, our man, the beard, Harden, James Harden. What is up with that guy, you know? So re- recap it for us. Uh, what happened to him? What happened to him? Well, do you want the emotional? Well, I mean, other than getting overweight and... Recap? Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Guy gets... Uh, guy, I mean, what the fuck are you doing, man? Just to be... Okay, just, you know, recap, long story short... He's right now uh, in quarantine right now because for the second time, I guess, uh, kind of breaking some COVID protocols. Mm-hmm. He has to come up with like, uh, you know, consecutive days of negative tests uh, before he can actually officially rejoin the team, re-rejoin the team for uh, their next game, uh, which has to be postponed, not necessarily because of him, but be postponed due to COVID. Uh, right. He didn't join the team preseason and during training camp. Uh for many reasons, one of which is just attending his buddy's uh, birthday party in Atlanta, I believe, little little baby right. or something, you know, right. giving him a giving him a birthday present, honey buns, <laughs> just like a product. Wow, just like how tone deaf is that, especially during COVID when like people are just fucking fighting to get six hundred dollar stimulus checks, which is like yep. the equivalent. Of, there's so many memes like about that. It's like the equivalent of like a Bed Bath Beyond coupon, right? Yeah. And here he is just like giving out like, you know, uh, Prada or Dior bags, you know, worth in the thousands already. Yeah. Full of like, like hundred thousands of cash. So like other people who are just like, whatever. Just I have like, I'm not trying to hate. I'm not trying to hate on like, you know, uh, you know, musicians and their artistic uh, value and whatnot. Right. Which mm. now speaking of artistic, that just also wants to make me even break into a different tangent of how, of how Kyrie thinks he's fucking artist you know like he's an artist just is he really Uh, that's what he was saying uh, what is he what does he do does he paint does he does he draw does he make films or what what is he he thinks that like he thinks that he's like 
because like his game is like so massive. Because you can put like, the put a ball into a hoop. That means you're an artist. Okay, I get you. <laughs> I mean, that's just wow. This another even another tangent okay. that we could break into. But let's uh, let's go back to have. the main the main yeah, narrative. Back to Harden. So so Harden, yes, maskless in Atlanta and in Vegas. Wow, how the fuck did you fly across? Like you know, strip clubs are not open in Vegas. I don't think you know, but maybe in Atlanta they are. Uh, who knows? Because it's a red state. At the end of the day, like. You still have to be that stupid to be posting that shit on Instagram. That's the only thing. Just don't be doing that like and posting it live on your own stories on mm-hmm. Instagram. And then now uh, again, you know, getting uh, getting broadcast again, attending a different party, I guess in Houston, your homegirl, whoever, uh, and then trying to defend yourself, saying, "Yeah, it, I was there celebrating her success, which is totally great." By the way, in parentheses, which is you know him, not a strip club. Again, just why are you broadcasting that, you know? Just be more like Kawhi and just keep yourself and keep your private life your private life rather than trying to flex. But I get it. You have to flex because you're an ugly motherfucker with like a really fucking ugly, disgusting beard that has probably like mothballs and crumbs in there. <laughs> and they're like... And Tell like how your, you really feel, Ken. Your, your cornrows is just like... It looks like a pile of fucking... I don't know, man. It looks like dog shit, dude. But anyway. Okay, so so you don't like James Harden as a human being. I get that. But uh, what do you think about Houston and like this whole situation from a from an NBA basketball perspective? It's a horrible look. He it's a horrible look. I'm just going to go to limb and say I really hope that he just kind of loses his powers, just like uh, other players in Space Jam lost their powers. It just becomes <laughs> absolutely and it just becomes absolutely useless. Just becomes a, because, a, a regular human human person that cannot play basketball or dribble the ball yes and then that way he will regret not signing houston rockets uh, extension uh you know extension offer and then you know he's still like a rich dude obviously you're getting paid 40 45 million a year yeah and i hope uh you know the rockets make the playoffs without him because just basically the you know the optics of what he's doing or what he did to the franchise in terms of be- being given free reign yeah. absolute control of uh of the franchise and which is also definitely like you know the organization's fault too yeah uh, for enabling him that way that's in itself like a topic uh yes and then nb on tnt shack chuck kenny ernie they had talked about it last night too or i guess uh the last their previous show just like yeah we get it superstars get preferential treatment but I mean, don't be going overboard and like abusing your power, which mm-hmm. is what Harden did. Uh, you know, long story short, ESPN came out with an article, and hey, you have to take it with a grain of salt too. Uh, talking about just all of James Harden negatives, mm-hmm. showing up late to practice, making the team bus and our flights wait for him. Uh, Ru- Russell Westbrook, he has the cachet to at least, you know, go out there and say he's not. On time to the film session, just fucking start. Let's go. And yep. D'Antoni catering, hey, we gotta wait around for him, right? Because that's just we're gonna have to restart anyway. Right. So right. and from a basketball perspective perspective, Harden is yes, a walking bucket. Uh, as Kendrick Perkins says, he's a walking bucket. But I think his style of play is just absolutely atrocious and it's just bad for the league. Uh Houston fans. They've really been just been trying to put on that brave face like the past few seasons, just like, hey, yeah, he's ours, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you just watch him dribble like 10 times, you know, multiple step back threes and his just his 
propensity for like foul hunting and just like if you were playing pickup basketball man like you would just get knocked the fuck out and just like stop calling that bullshit you know let let just fucking play the game like you're disrespecting the game by doing what you're doing and what's interesting though also is that uh i feel like a few seasons ago when he was at his i would say his peak like he could just do that at will like always put his arm into the defender's arm and just always draw a foul and like always get fouled on a three and he had that step back three where he always falls down and always gets like called for a foul always gets like four point play um but what's interesting to me is like he still gets away with a lot of that stuff but in the playoffs like it doesn't work that well anymore like last playoffs like during the bubble like what's that guy's name lou dort on the on the thunder yeah. just like locked yes. locked him up just locked him up canadian like too in, he's a canadian too i know haitian canadian connection shout out to that um uh, like man like so it doesn't he doesn't get away with a lot of that stuff in the playoffs also he just seems like he doesn't have the stamina in the playoffs it's like he can't he can't play 45 minutes a game because he's dribbling the ball like 100 times like you said so like like it's it's like it's not fun to watch but also like I feel like teams have sort of figured it out as well, right? The last thing you said, uh, teams figuring it out, that's ultimately what the playoffs are all about. It's about making in-series and in-game adjustments. You have to face a team, you know, you have to beat a team four times in the playoffs in order to advance. And so, for example, and that's another, you know, for example, that's, that's, a, that's the difference between regular season versus playoff basketball. For example, the Bucks, right, and Coach Budenholzer, they're a great regular season team, but when you go up against uh, a playoff caliber team and you had to game plan against them uh, for a seven game series, a la, you know, Eric Spolstra, Brad Stevens, and, or, you know, the Rockets face, facing whoever they had to face, they will shut down your strengths and you had to make other adjustments and you had to go to your second, third, fourth option. And so, there's no coincidence that the closest the Rockets ever went to, I mean, in the past few years of going to the finals is because, I mean, they were up 3-2 against the Warriors and then, fuck, CP3, you know, yeah. uh, injures his hamstring. And, you know, they had two games to beat the Warriors. And, you know, one of those games, they didn't have KD as well either. Uh, the Warriors were just like, yeah, we got this, you know, mm-hmm. we got this. And then ultimately, when you rely on such a solo style for like the whole season, the others, you know, it's just way tougher for them to like, okay, now I got to step out of, you know, my role again and just trying to save the team. Um, so, you know, I hope the Rockets, uh, they do well this year, actually, because, I mean, everyone loves, uh, I mean, at least I do. I love uh, redemption stories, you know, underdogs with uh, chips on their shoulder. John Wall, I hope he comes back, uh, plays well. Same with uh, DeMarcus Cousins, no matter how much I don't really like his uh, on court uh, emotions. Uh, I want to, uh, and I think, you know, you want a first time uh, head coach to, to do well and not just like suck like Steven Silas. Uh, hopefully he does well. And now the Rockets, you know, if Harden doesn't uh, rejoin the team or gets traded eventually, I feel like this is almost like a relief for the Rockets because they don't have any expectations then and they can just play loose and free. Uh, let's not forget either, either, like, you know, they had a previous, like, six man of the year winner in Eric Gordon. He is no slouch either. 
Eric Gordon. Uh, they have like many other solid role players, Daniel House, PJ Tucker. Those guys so will be able feel- to show a little bit more because they're if they don't have Harden on the team, they'll just be sort of like they'll be actually be able to show what they can do, right? As opposed to just standing there and and jacking up threes. Yeah, so just a more balanced, uh, more balanced offense. But at the end of the day, as well, too, it also comes down to defense. And uh, I'm not sure if the Rockets have it, but you know they could squeak in to the playoffs. And by the way, speaking of like playoffs and playoff predictions and everything, I know that within our Facebook group, Facebook group, we uh, uh, stated our predictions. But I think this year has to have a little bit of asterisk because of the new play-in format. Mm-hmm. You really just had to finish tenth. You just had to finish tenth in the conference, right. and then nine and, nine and ten get that play in. That's for sure. Yeah, and then you just have to just play out of your mind for you know those next couple games, and that's kind of unfair to like the seventh and eighth seed. But hey, this is the way it goes, and hey, people will will step up. You know, it, it is what it is, and it helps build drama, right? Like, just it will. I mean, it's it's basically a calculated move to to increase viewership right i think i think people everyone will want to tune in to to see some actual stakes like small tournament type of thing right yeah and that's also the reason why some of my other more outlandish uh, predictions uh <laughs> so let, let's uh let's get to the one let's get to the one by one like i don't think in this episode we need to uh go through like one through eight one through eight east one through eight west or one through ten but yeah um we'll just we'll just basically um What's the right way to say it? Like, we'll 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 reference it when it's when it makes sense, right? So we just talked about yes. the Rockets. You had picked the Rockets at number seven uh, to finish uh, as a seven seed in the West. So based on that, Ken, my question for you is, what is your percentage calculation on the chance that James Harden finishes the season as a Rocket? Mm, wow, as a natural, as a natural better and gambler. <laughs> Uh, I have to get really, I have to get really precise with that. Then, I would say twenty five percent chance that he finishes with the Rockets this year. They just, yeah, he just needs to, you know, play a couple games in the in the regular season for the Rockets to show that he still got it. Increases trade value. Uh, a couple other teams who had, who have or had playoff aspirations need to just start sucking, and then realize, okay, let's make like a pull, like a quick trigger type of like deal to you know fix our team, right? For example, if the Sixers all of a sudden start sucking, right, and going on like a, a terrible losing game streak, uh, they will, you know, they'll start considering, okay, you know what, we should start considering like a trade for Harden. Yeah. But if they, you know, just start crushing it, going on the eight, 10 game winning streak, which I think they can, then yeah, I think uh, they don't need to trade for Harden. You want to talk about Lakers? Do you want to talk about the Lakers? I'm always down to talk about the Lakers, man. I just found out the other the other week that I know more about the Lakers than you do. So you're just really <laughs> yeah. why because of Mike Penberthy. That's right. And did you know that Mike Penberthy is currently uh, coaching Still- and an- uh, Anthony Davis on how to shoot? Oh, really? So they actually. I, poached, I know he's still a shooting coach. Yeah. They they poached Penn Berthy from the Pelicans because apparently he was a he was a coach there, uh, uh, yeah, a, yeah, assistant okay, okay. coach, and now he's helping Anthony Davis. Uh, I was going to send you this article, and uh, yeah, apparently he's uh, reunited with the Lakers. So mm, okay, shout out to Mike Penn Berthy. Yeah, we got all <laughs> the all the ex Lakers on the on this podcast. So 
but yeah, let's talk about the Lakers, man. What? How do you? How are you feeling about almost like the unanimous uh, repeat champs, the Los Angeles Lakers? I still feel strong about that prediction. Uh, they're going to go back to back. Laker Nation probably has a little bit of concern just because of um, the first game of the season against the Clippers and just the Clippers essentially taking them to school. They didn't really take them to school, but, you know, they were up uh, by a lot. The Lakers closed the gap. But at the end of the day, I mean, the Clippers, like, had it. They had the game in the bag. And they were really never challenged. Um, if anything, it was not necessarily just what the, the Clippers did. It's what the Lakers didn't do. I mean, they couldn't stop Kawhi. They couldn't stop PG. And I know it's too quick, too early to say, because it's just one game against essentially the second best team in the West. Uh, but some of the new additions for the Lakers, I just don't feel so strong about them. Uh, for those who don't know, Dennis Schroeder, uh, he got picked up by the Lakers, uh, shipping off Danny Green. They picked up a uh, sixth man of the year, Montrez Harrell, from the Clippers. And they picked up Marc Gasol in free agency. Who did they lose? They lost Danny Green. They lost uh, Dwight McHoward. That's how Laker Nation likes to address the two. JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. Dwight McHoward. That's how they were known. And they lose more than just like two seven-foot centers who are, you know, defensive beasts like they were also like in terms of emotional and, and spiritual contributions. Like they made that team like a family, you know, uh, all those guys. And oh yeah, they also lost uh, Avery Bradley. He went to the Heat. So actually, if you think about it, all those four players I just said, uh, Avery Bradley, uh, Danny Green, Dwight McHoward, uh, you know, their contributions were more on defense uh, than on offense per se. And same with, uh, I mean, okay, granted, the Lakers also did add uh, Wesley Matthews, but he's just going to be a role player. I just want to use this uh, opportunity to, because this is all I do apparently on the podcast, because I was just ranting and hating Howard. And now it's my turn to rant and hate on Mark Gasol. Uh, fucking overrated, you know, just absolutely horrible. Played 12 minutes, uh, got into whatever ticky tack foul trouble, and essentially he didn't contribute anything in the box score. I think zero points maybe one rebound or something like that. And Laker nation should be pissed. You know, yeah. Gasol is overrated uh, or rather he's just, he doesn't have it anymore. I was actually even sad actually as, as a Raptors diehard too, that uh, we even got Mark Gasol in the first place, even though we ultimately ended up winning a championship, but not because of him. Uh, we had to give up Jonas Valanciunas to get Gasol. And I'm like, I love Jamie's game. Uh, JV, the only reason why he got traded from the Raptors was because he was injured at that time because fucking dirty Draymond Green like broke his thumb in a meaningless regular season game. And so, you know, Jonas was out for like six to eight weeks. And then uh, Masai Ujiri pulled the trigger and yeah. uh, acquired Gasol. And so fast forward to last season and this season, again, this is what's going to happen with Gasol. He is just going to naturally defer on offense. And so as a result, when all you're doing is just, you know, playing passing, right? And you're not looking to shoot, to score, to be a threat. Then essentially you're playing like four on five, in my opinion. Right. Uh, he doesn't have the lateral quickness anymore to defend anyone. Whereas at least uh, if you watch think, a little bit of the highlights. I don't think he's overrated. Like he's might be overrated by the Lakers org. But 
for someone like me, like he's just properly rated, right? Like I'm gonna step in his defense. Like he's old. He's definitely not in his prime anymore. He's he's on the decline. Very obvious. Um, you're totally right. He doesn't even look at the basket anymore when he has the ball. I remember like um, when the Raptors won the championship that season. Uh, it was four on five, right? Like he didn't. He was just looking to facilitate. But in his defense. Um, he is still quite a good defender and he is somebody like Robert Ori who you don't actually care what he does in the regular season, but when the playoffs come, you just roll them all and he actually does things for you. So that is my 32nd defense of Marcus. I disagree because in the playoffs, again, all your, your, all your weaknesses are illuminated. And when Gasol's on the floor, I mean, he's really good enough to be, to be a bench player at this point, uh, which by the way, Frank Vogel, Actually, no, even Gasol, I think he said that uh, after uh, their loss. He said, you know, I'm actually happy to play any role on the team. It doesn't matter. I'm not oh, a starter or a, or a bench player. Um, but, yeah, I, I disagree with your assessment because in the playoffs, he's just going to get exposed again, uh, which is what happened last year, um, or rather this past this, this past playoffs. He was a non-factor against the Celtics. Uh, you know, not quick enough, not looking to score. And, you know, fine. You're just there to be a positional defender and clog up the lane. I mean, we, we could have kept, uh, we should have kept uh, Dwight Howard for that, you know, or JaVale as well too, which by the way, JaVale, shout out to him. Like he, uh, he had a massive debut for the Cavs in his first game against the, who did they play against the Cavs? Oh, the Hornets, the Hornets. And yeah, Lamella that's Ball, meaningless, bro. Who another over. That's meaningless. <laughs> Come on. I think you could probably drop 40 on the Hornets. Like it doesn't mean uh, anything. Like here's the thing, right? I think I think uh Gasol is supposed to be on paper more consistent than Howard or McGee on paper. And so I understand your feeling like when he's not being consistent, it's like, okay, then why the why the fuck did we get him? It's like if you're not a consistent defender or like a plus contributor, right? In the plus minus like why, right? So I, I wish all the best for Marcus Gasol, man. But uh, yeah, he's he's getting old, and uh, we'll have to see if he can even stay healthy. He's gonna get a ring like uh, like Jared Dudley for doing nothing, you know. Oh, so Jared yeah, Dudley. don't worry, he will be. <laughs> hey, Jared Dudley, he is uh, the de facto heart and soul of that team. Shout, shout out to Jared Dudley, Mister. Yeah, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the team loved it that he is coming back because yeah, he's like. They're kind of uh, de facto heart and soul of the team, just like by his personality. I mean, obviously LeBron is the true heart and soul of that team, but uh, Duds, like they brought him back for a reason to be like the perfect fifteenth man. By the way, if uh, have you ever watched YouTube, um, uh, one of the YouTube channels, Golden Hoops, uh, I love that uh, channel where they just he puts together some great highlights uh, with some good music. Oh, and then it's good one to of know the that. themes. Good to know, yeah. One of the themes is uh, of the videos is about heated moment moments where essentially he just like a 10 minute video of like, you know, players getting to each other's face, like, you know, basically fighting or scuffling or whatever, or like coming to their team teammates defense. And in all those videos, Jared Dudley is always in the scrum. He's always in the scrum, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be on the Lakers previously with the Nets, uh, the Suns, he always has his teammates back, you know, speaking okay. of the Lakers, you know, at that time when, no one had like when the Lakers was just like in the dark depths of the world, like 
when, for example, I remember Nick Young going out for a dunk against like the Suns, and then he just got knocked to the ground. And then he had to fight the, the team one on four. And then everyone else on the floor just did, did nothing, you know, on the Lakers. Like guys like fucking Lonzo, Ryan Kelly, just yeah, or whoever. Just get right? out. Just, yeah. Getting out oh, of the yeah. way. No, I don't think Lonzo. I don't think Lonzo was on the team. At, my bad. Not, not with Nick Young, Swaggy P. Uh-huh. But you know, I, I hear. So you. that's why. Yeah. So that's why last year, I mean, one through fifteen, you know, or one through twelve, the Lakers like everyone loved each other on their team. They had each other's back. And so this year, I don't think the chemistry is going to be as strong. So they're not going to be as strong. But you're still predicting them to win the West, right? Yes. Just and- because of. Uh, Pure, 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 and pure, no pure emotional again. attachment. And are you still picking them to win the the championship? Because you just gave me a oh, whole bunch yes. of reasons why they might not. That's me, you know, crying wolf right now. Like just like, uh, oh god, you know, you're trying to pick up more of like the the weaknesses, right? As opposed to because they just lost, they just lost, right. you know. And then you're like one of my this. you're like one of my university classmates who like complained that she only got an A minus. <laughs> uh, like, oh my God, I only got 93% and not 99%. That's you right now. That was never me in college because that would, that would be like a fantastic grade to, to get. So was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll kill for that 93. <laughs> yeah. Word up. Um, okay. Uh, what about other parts, other Lakers? Like, are we going to talk about, you know, the Great White Hope? Are we going to talk about, uh, actually, Harrow is like, I think Harrow and Schroeder, we can maybe talk about a little bit more, right? Like, if you're looking for what you just said, like defense and intensity and stuff like that, you're getting none of that with Harrow. The guy is, is like a defensive sieve. Like I watched a bit of the first yeah. game too, and he just didn't put up any resistance. Like, I, like anyone could score over him at any time. It's like the guy just does not know how to play defense at all whatsoever. And it's not, I think it's just effort. Um, Shooter wants to start and will probably be told by LeBron pretty soon. Just shut the fuck up and just, come off the bench because we need you uh we need you on the second unit for the energy that's why i got him that's why i have him as my sixth man of the year and not mr uh harrow i got burned so badly on picking harrow for like six man of the year in the past or just Mm. expecting him to do stuff i just i'm just over that now but anyway that was a lot of words so tell tell me tell me about tell me your thoughts on Schroeder and uh harrow in any order let's start with the bad they don't play defense and Back to what I said before before in the playoffs. Uh, those are going to get exposed. Those weaknesses are going to get exposed. Harold, I mean, Jokic, uh, Nikola Jokic, Nuggets versus the Clippers, just had his way with Harold, just like a fucking rag doll. You know, he could do nothing. And uh, Schroeder, I mean, he's not known for defense, but offensively, yeah, he's, uh, he's my pick to be sixth man of the year. Uh, he just had to accept that role, but just he has to realize as well too that yes, he will be allowed to finish games. He doesn't necessarily have to start, but he has to you know balance out that second unit. Uh, Schroeder and Harrell are is going to be the next iteration of yeah, Lula Williams and Harrell. They're going to they're going to just feast on other teams' second units. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, you got to play defense. So I'm just a little concerned because like the Clippers, they're going to have even more of a chip on their on their shoulder this year. Uh, the Clippers, I mean, yeah. Uh, they made wholesale changes, right? Uh, Steve Ballmer fired Doc Rivers. And Steve Ballmer said, yeah, Doc was like my mentor in the basketball world, you know? And 
Ty Lue again. It's just hey, for how much hate I give Ty Lue, like he's he can uh, he's always stepping into his role like at the perfect time, right? To like just like you know, yeah, just like I think he'll make some good adjustments. He was talking about using some sets from the triangle or something uh, with Kawhi, and uh, they'll probably lessen the the quote unquote load management for Kawhi. They added Serge Ibaka. I think that's an underrated pickup. They probably overpaid for Luke Kennard, but hey, he's a he's a good shooter. Uh, they just need to get one good point guard. Patrick Beverly is a nice like, you know, he's a nice little defender. He's a nice little like annoying like annoying piece of shit, you know. Uh, Reggie Jackson. <laughs> I think they call that a pest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They just need like a solid point guard. And but you still have them number two, right? I have them number three. You have number two, so you still think they're gonna do they're gonna do well. They just need to find like a point guard piece or an upgrade. Yeah, they are the biggest threat to the Lakers. They are the biggest threat to the Lakers. And if they, you know, somehow, for example, the Clippers, if they somehow face the Nuggets again in the playoffs, I guarantee you they will crush them. They will crush them. They will, they will not forget that. You know, like really to them. We yeah. should make a bet on that. okay not off the podcast okay interesting okay interesting you have nuggets number two right uh in the west right yeah yeah i so here's the thing right i don't think you can sleep on teams that made deep runs in the bubble uh just last season for for two reasons right one is like they're still fresh off that and they're in like good shape and they know how to they know how to um they've, they've done well in those conditions and i think there are just some people that have just I'm not going to name any names, but they just like mentally wilted in the bubble. Like they just don't know how to play basketball anymore. And then there are other teams like the Nuggets who are just super mentally strong and resilient. Like Jamal Murray just, you know, just, just is like iron, ironclad, you know. Uh, you know, Jokic kind of figured it out as, as the bubble went. So I basically what I'm saying is that I put teams that finished high in the playoffs last season very high this season because I think that like a lot of the teams don't even have that much time to even prep for this new season. And so these teams that have just gone through it, rather than saying fatigue is a factor, I think, I think like preparation and recency and, and being in shape, I think it's a bigger factor. That's why, you know, I still think Lakers are on top. Nuggets are still good. I mean, obviously the Clippers I have, I have there as well because they have a chip on their shoulder. They're not going to try to make the same mistakes twice. Um, and I just see a lot of like, you know, a lot of our friends are like picking teams. Like, honestly, I think it's just disrespect, man. Like, dude, you're not putting the Raptors <laughs> below number four, man. You're not putting like, like I did though. You're not, you're I not did. putting the nets like above. They haven't done shit this season. Like they have, I mean, sure. They did. They did. They look good in like preseason in one game, but like, I really, really, really value like how teams just did in the playoffs, which was just not that long ago. Just like very very short time ago and so that informs my uh how i pick teams going forward for the season i understand that i acknowledge that that being said uh things happen in between uh you know the finals and the regular season uh free agency happened uh, some trades happened or did some no i mean essentially free agency happened right yes uh, rosters things. changed you know i'm just going to go down the list uh, real quick because uh, you mentioned these teams. The Nuggets, they lost Jeremy Grant. Hey, maybe uh, Michael Porter Jr., he improves. Uh, so I'll let, you th- I'll, you know, I'll let you know what you think about them, the Nuggets, and that change. They don't think they really got better. 
unless you consider like Will Barton like coming back as improving their, their that team dramatically. Uh, the Raptors, for how much have you shit on Gasol? Yeah, they lost Gasol. They lost Serge Ibaka. The Raptors, I think, are just going to decline. Uh, they will not finish top four. Uh, even though well, you just said you just said that Gasol sucks, and and like I mean, Ibaka, yeah, but they didn't. Never... They didn't add. But that, I'm saying, like, I'm saying, like, for them especially, like, they didn't get better either. The Raptors did not get better. That's fair. You know, so they they just uh, got weakened. You know, uh, Aaron Baines, like, he's nice or whatever, but like, you know, he he needs time to adjust. Like, they picked up Alex Len, who was so happy to be like, yes, I'm gonna finally join a playoff team. It's like. You might not make the playoffs. I don't know about. The I Raptors. think the Raptors are a good example of a team that has good chemistry and can stay together and grow together, and they don't necessarily need to make big splashy moves. Like Kawhi was an outlier, but yeah. ever since Kawhi won the championship for them, I feel like they've been on a really good trajectory, just like gelling and playing together. Like, sure, they didn't add any players, but their existing players are are getting better and are entering their primes right like if you think about pascal or um og so um yeah. that's my counterpoint well i mean you just uh well you mentioned the group chat as well a screenshot about recency bias right the thing is with uh, the raptors like pascal like i st- you know his bubble performance is still fresh in my mind is he was an absolute piece of shit and yes you know, he was like uh they couldn't even beat like a non-playoff team, uh, the Pelicans. Uh, yep. You know, although actually they might again qualify to make the playoffs via play-in this yep. year. Uh, Stan Van Gundy, I think, is an underrated coach. He will do wonders for them. Uh, Zion will no won't have limits uh, minutes restriction. But anyway, back to the Raptors. Pascal, like he had his time, you know, like as the second fiddle, second or third fiddle uh, below Kawhi, right? But when you're now like the number one option, like. He's not going to be the guy. There's still going to be Kyle Lowry that's going to be the guy. And if the supposed other second option is supposed to be Fred Van Vliet, he's a nice player. He's a nice player, but he's like barely six foot whatever. I think FEV is going to be the guy this season. I think he's going to be the guy. It's not going to be Lowry. Then the Raptors aren't aren't in trouble. And and also, just to caveat all this, these predictions are for seeding. I'm not saying the Raptors like finish third in the playoffs or something like that. I'm saying they're going to be the no. third seed. I'm saying that they're a team that's consistent enough to actually win enough games in the regular season where Pascal doesn't have to carry them. So that's yeah. the difference between our our takes. Let me ask you another question then, because uh, regardless to your predictions, do you think that the number one seed in each of your predictions will actually make it be the team to make it to the finals? No, no. I no. think the Bucks will not make the finals. I think the Bucks. Okay are not good enough to make the finals. I don't think Giannis is going to make a leap in that. Fa- Again, talking about the time frame between the bubble and and now, the guy doesn't have two months to like work on his jump shot. It's just not it's not happening. Like I, I'm being very realistic. This is why I win all my predictions because I'm really fucking pragmatic. <laughs> I don't pick the Bulls yeah. to get in the playoffs just because I'm a Bulls fan. No, I care about being right, and I'm always right, Ken. I'm always right. Uh, sorry, but please continue. I no, I agree with you about the Bucks because, uh, heck, Giannis again, he showed it last night. Or yeah, uh, he got gifted a foul right uh, against the Celtics. Uh, this was like on an inbounds play to tie the game. All right, mm-hmm. threw an alley oop to the hoop. Uh, got gifted a foul essentially. Tristan Thompson did not foul Giannis. Like didn't touch and, him. Okay, at all. yeah. 
I mean, it's whatever. Giannis is the one who should <laughs> be contact. You know, it's just like a, it's, it's, just a, it's a pure basketball player. It doesn't even matter. And then so Giannis, you know, talking about shooting mechanics and you know, drastically improving your shooting. Yeah, free throws are, are, are if anything, are like the best barometer of like how good is your shot because it's an uncontested shot. Right. No one's defending you, and just then the second one just came up short. You know, and just uh, Celtics beat. Uh, uh, the Bucks by one. Uh, Jason Tatum. Uh, I don't know why the group chat is discounting the Celtics. By the way, uh, thinking that they'll drop off because like Kemba or whatever is injured. Like they added like some yeah, strong they, depth. They, I think. I think what was it like? Uh, was it Tatum and uh, and Brown combined for like sixty in 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 game one? Yeah. Uh, I think they actually might make the finals. They don't have to you know finish first in the in the in the conference, but. I think they will improve, and like it's actually more of a relief than now for them that Hayward is not on the team. So right. they, there's like a clear pecking order. They don't order. have to worry about getting minutes for him or like yeah. managing that. Yeah, yeah. He was I think I, I see both both of you and I pick uh, Celtics as number four. So I think we both agree, right, Ken? That we actually think the Celtics could be more capable than that in the playoffs. It's just that from a regular yeah. season perspective, I just don't see them like finishing the top three from a record perspective out of 72 games because because i i just don't think they're a team i think i feel like historically they're always a team that had to sort of figure themselves out in the regular season until they get to the playoffs and they kind of get to a sweet spot and they actually start crushing you know what i mean Uh, and so i i I think you and i are kind of on the ball or on the same page on that one when it comes to seven game series like brad stevens is going to be you know he's one of the best coaches in the league he's going to have that team prepared and uh you know he will basically dance circles around like someone like Mike Budenholzer, for example, and when it mm-hmm. comes to coaching, which is why, which was like actually why it was like so, uh, like why a lot of people rated the Celtics and the Raptors as such like one of the best series in the in the playoffs because you know Nick Nurse coached the year against Brad Stevens, like they were going at it, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Celtics just uh, shout out to them for adding Jeff Teague, who I think is going to be a solid backup point guard, and same with. Uh, our Canadian fella, Tristan Thompson, who I think is an upgrade to uh, Daniel Tice, but Tice is still on the team too. He's underrated. Oh, Tice is better. He's a better defender, even despite being smaller. I, I, I don't know why people always like look down on Tice. I felt like if you watch the the bubble playoffs, he was more than fine. Like they already have so many scores. Like yeah, I mean he beat. Uh, you know, obviously he he made he he outperformed Gasol for sure. But uh, no, I mean, Tice is like a nice player, but that's a good thing about like uh, the Celtics, right? Like this year, because last year or the, this, this past playoffs, I don't think they really had the depth. And now Tice does not have to like, sh- like he can, he can be a starter some games. Thompson can be a starter. Like, so it's just about mixing and matching. Like who, who finishes the game, right? Yeah. Uh, hold on, hold on. I, mean, I got, we got to talk about one of your picks. I, I really want to hear your take on this, Ken. Uh, you have the Sixers as number two in the East. Yeah. Give it to me. Seth Curry, Danny Green, Dwight. Oh Howard. man, you're just a Danny Green homer. That's what it is, huh? It's like no, 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 no. I think the fit is uh, so much better because there's no coincidence. For example, right, that the furthest the Sixers have been lately was, you know, one miracle shot away from making it to the Conference Finals and essentially the Finals. Uh, because J.J. Redick was on that team. They surrounded uh, Embiid 
and Simmons with shooters. You put in Danny Green and Seth Curry, who are, you know, just via reputation, they are an outside threat. And then all these names, I haven't even mentioned Tobias Harris, you know, Tobias Harris, like he's also like a pretty damn good player. And so the Sixers, like, they're going to surprise. And then Doc Rivers and that whole Clippers coaching staff, because that's essentially who moved over, you know, Doc Rivers, Sam Cassell. And then I can't believe Rex Kalamian, just that fucking bald dude is still just like, you know, screaming on the sidelines, trying to be like an associate coach. Uh, Cause that's what he did with the Raptors too. But <laughs> yeah, like, you know, <coughs> the Sixers, uh, Doc is going to have a chip on his shoulder too. And just prove that. Yeah. Hey man, like uh, I didn't deserve to get fired. He will bring them far. And yeah, that's what I have okay. to say about the Sixers. All yeah. right. Well, you're very, you're very optimistic. Danny Green, Danny Green, and Dwight Howard. By the way, they're bringing that championship DNA, you know, over, and they're, they're going to be like a good locker room presence. Recency bias, but Tobias Harris looked like a G leaguer in in Game One, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, and you've got the you've got the Nets third, huh? So you're very high on the Nets. You're very high. I don't know why you're you, you're you are not high on the Nets. Why are you not high on the Nets? You want you want me to just talk about why I'm not high on the Nets because they yes. have somebody who's never been a head coach before. Unless you think that <laughs> D'Antoni is just going to be like the puppet master, like Steve Nash would just like it's like the Wizard of Oz. You'd just be like the token uh, <laughs> Canadian Hall of Famer, and then meanwhile you have this old dude in the back, two time MVP as well too. But yeah. it didn't deserve those MVPs. But I guess that's another uh, <laughs> another topic too. I'm I'm like the I'm like the only Nash hater from Canada. So you know, and also uh, and, and Jeremy Lin hater too. But we'll have to get into that another another time. Actually, I I'm also with you on that. I'm also a Jeremy Lin hater. I don't think he's uh, yeah yeah. You can cry me a river all you want about just being. Uh, I'm getting. Yeah. Shut out of the NBA. He's not an NBA <laughs> player anymore. All right. He's not an NBA player anymore. Um, and Nash never deserved those MVPs. He's not a two way player, but I digress. Um, why the Nets will not be good? How are they going to stay healthy? Like, okay, first of all, they have head, like, they have a head case. Uh, okay, so here's the thing, right? The reason why I didn't pick Zion to win rookie of the year last year, and again, I was correct, I picked Job Morant, is because I just don't think, like, I don't know. I'm not wishing ill of anybody, but I have a hard time like imagining like Katie being completely healthy for the whole season. Obviously you have superstars come back and just destroy like, you know, Kawhi Leonard is a good example of that. Like he was just crushing, but uh, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. It's like a comp like, okay, basically it's like this. I put a percentage calculation on Katie being healthy for the whole season. I put a percentage calculation on Steve Nash, not being like terrible. Uh, and then when you multiply these expected values together, you're, you're getting a, a calculation, which I think oh, also I'm not disrespecting the heat or the Celtics for like, oh, they're going to finish like really low in the regular season. I mean, come on. The heat just went to the final. So it's like this process of elimination. The Nets are lower on my list. It's not only because of like one factor. Um, OK, that was like my five hour defense of why the Nets are like. What, what what did I have? A six seed. I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty generous already. I could also see the Nets like a world where because of the reasons I suggested, they're actually like fighting to get into playoffs in the Eastern Conference. But that's my take. You are insane. You are insane. I mean, their two best players are like MVP caliber players, Kyrie. Who, I mean, I don't like as a person. Kyrie's terrible, man. Like, just look at his record with like the Celtics. Sorry. Uh, 
he will he will be motivated. I mean, he will sage his way to like to start him. <laughs> he will sage his way. He will to artist start him. it up. Art become an yeah. artist. Uh, yeah, I don't like I don't like his personality and all that and all that shit. I mean, I, I'm not gonna hate on the sage stuff because that's part of his uh, uh, Native American uh, heritage stuff. Can they uh, guard anybody? Of- like. I, I don't think I think Durant might be their best defender um, because Durant actually had a like, you know, all, all team defensive effort, you know, when he was uh, with Golden State last few seasons. Kyrie can't guard anybody. Look at how terrible they were in the bubble last season, like uh, in the playoffs. Like they they like it was easier scoring on a chair than scoring on the nets. Like can like <laughs> it's not just about like. KD and Nash. And by the way, D'Antoni and Nash, not known for being the most defensive minded players or coaches, right? So, hey, that's why they kept Jacques Vaughn, right? As the one of the associate head coaches. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't Jacques know. Vaughn, that's a name I've not heard for a long time. That's, uh, I appreciate that you you're putting his name yeah. out there. Yeah. Well, are you happy that I mentioned uh, Jacques Vaughn, by the way? What do you have with him? No, nothing. I just, it's just a cool name I've not heard in a while. You know, it's kind of like uh, Eric Snow or something. You know, I just want to. Great to have these shout outs to old school people like Eric Snow, Tyrone Hill, Jacques Vaughn, Bobby Jackson. I'm just listing people who are never more than who are never more than just, uh, you know, two bit role players, you know, not like a two time MVP, Steve Nash. I have no idea why you're discounting uh, the Nets here. Uh, let me get into it. Like why I'm going to defend them, even though like I don't like them necessarily as people, but like <laughs> it's fun. Kyrie Irving, he, 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 you know, he's a, he's a good player. He's a decent player. Yeah. Same with uh, KD, you know, KD, obviously he's had about like a year and a half now to just really recover and revamp. And he still looks solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, it was just one game. It was just one game against uh, the lowly warriors. Uh, sorry to, you know, the people in the group chat, I think it's your buddy Vito who really loves the warriors and thinks that they're going to do wonders. Uh Jared Allen, uh, DeAndre Jordan, and they haven't really, even really lost anyone. You know, they still have Joe Harris, Dinwiddie, Karis DeAndre Levert. Jordan, the guy it's might just, be worse than Marcus Saul right now. He's just washed, man. He at least can protect. He can. He at least can protect the rim and grab the boards. Like Gasol is just, I don't know, man. He looks like he looks like just like COVID hey, happened to Marcus him. Marcus Saul is a positional COVID, defender, so. man. He's not gonna like get uh, the stats, but he'll stop you from scoring. In the Eastern Conference, okay, in the Eastern Conference, like the Nets are going to be top three. I stand by that prediction. They, whether regardless of whatever drama they have, like, they they won't be finishing below. They won't be lacking home court. I love this. I, I love say. I love that we recorded all of this so that we can go back and like do a end of season retrospective and you know i might be t- i might be totally wrong on my picks like so here's the thing right oh me too for, for yeah. me the nets are like it, it's a bit like the the celtics it's like they're not gonna have a great regular season i think because of load management and other bs reasons why kd won't play as many minutes as he will as he should but i think once they make the playoffs i think they can make actually a really deep run so i, I guess my question back to you ken is um who do you actually see winning Okay, who do you actually see in the Eastern Conference Finals? And then who do you actually see winning the East? Celtics and the Nets in the <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I don't know why now, really? now all of a sudden I've just, I've now just thrown the Bucks like out of it. Because actually, no, because if the Celtics and the Nets, they finish two and three, then they're going to have to play each other in the semifinals. So then 
whoever yeah, you think this you think the win, Celtics one of the Celtics or the Nets will be in the NBA finals okay yes yeah which uh, one which one the Nets I think it's time I, I'm gonna go with the Celtics so that way we can have finally another Lakers Celtics rematch <laughs> one for the ages one for the ages what if I told you that my pick for Eastern Conference uh, final two teams is the Raptors and the Heat. (laughs) (laughs) And that the Heat will be in the finals again, my friend. Mark my words. And just complete disrespect to Giannis and the Bucks and the Celtics and the Sixers. But who cares about the Sixers? I mean, they're terrible. No, I don't think anybody... Even my Sixers diehard oh my God, friend I, is. I can't, even, I can't even put this. I didn't even put the Sixers in the conference finals. Oh, what am I doing? They're not. Right they're now? not in the conversation. It's okay because they haven't proven. They haven't proven shit. So, uh, and who knows? Like Harden might be a Sixer by by halfway through the season. And if that happens, um, actually, even if Harden's a Sixer, I don't think they make the finals. But um, oh, yeah, wherever Harden goes, the only finals team he's making is the G League finals. That's it. <laughs> All right. So. The the, yeah. the Chinese Basketball Association finals. How about that? <laughs> yeah. He could probably average two hundred yeah. in China. So probably, yeah, yeah. Um, but then all all it takes is one Chinese player just to have. Like, oh, that's right. He might be <laughs> foul him really hard, foul him really hard, and then we're like, whatever. It's at Zhongguo, okay. Yeah. And then just like have just not just one player, but the whole team. Yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. Take his just ass. just the bench, just like everyone's off the bench. It just oh, erupts, and then like they have to evacuate the facilities. Yeah. The the refs are like hiding in the in the locker room because they don't want to yeah. get in it in the middle. Um, yeah, Gias Pilipinas style, right? <laughs> yeah. Just like, <laughs> uh, yeah. shout out to Jay because I think uh, you're, you're, yeah. you, you know, you you like uh, you like Gias, right? Yeah, you like them. Right? I, I, I but, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're not gonna, we're not not going to talk about Jay's picks because uh, he absolutely because well, his picks are not even in, in the NBA. He's just all about like non NBA <laughs> teams. So. He's a diehard Knicks yeah. fan, so he always picks the Knicks to to make the playoffs and oh, i'm just really? it's just like uh, dude i mean not for another i don't know six years or something yeah why did you pick though so the knicks do you think they'll be good enough to make uh, the play-in do you think uh and no no I, did, I didn't about so I, I only picked the the top eight so i didn't okay. pick the knicks uh so, okay so so here's the thing right maybe we can talk about that for a second so so what so about the knicks just uh this is like a multi-question to sure. you right will they be good enough to make to make the play-in no Second, why did you pick Obi Toppin as rookie of the year? Okay. And yeah. Okay. So they will let's, let's, they will not the they will now. not be good enough to make a play in just because like or process of elimination. Uh it was a hard cut for me to not have Atlanta in the top eight. Uh I think Atlanta is a very good team. And my me picking Detroit eight is just like because I love Dwayne Casey so much. And and also like I feel like they could make a push like a lot of things have to go right, but but uh, why are you why are you lying to why are you lying to me? Because you, I know you're not a Dwayne. I'm Casey being sarcastic. Fan. I know bro. you're not. A, Dwayne Casey yeah. is okay. fucking terrible, and he's gonna sink them. Um, oh. But they might make the playoffs despite Dwayne Casey. Um, uh, Dwayne Casey is Tyron Lue East. Let's put it that way. All right, he's Tyron Lue East. Um, and then um, okay, so Atlanta with well, with fear bags in his eyes, with fear bags exactly, in his eyes. Exactly. Ty Lue is just like just yeah. bags for eyeballs. Uh, Okay, Atlanta, I think, is going to be a very good team. I think the Wizards are going to be respectable as well, uh, Washington. And so yep. I'm willing to see a world where these teams are all like in the top nine or 10, but they're still above the Knicks. I don't know if you agree with me on that. I agree for sure. Yeah. Like the Knicks, uh, 
Thibodeau is, yeah. He's <laughs> done. He's done, after, he's done. He's done after this. He's done after the Knicks. Yeah, after after the Knicks flame out, he he will never be mentioned again. He'll be <laughs> at best like an assistant coach. Ken Leung will never mention him again, except on this podcast. I mean, I never All thought stars. that a, a guy with thinning hair could get even thinner hair because he looks really bald right now. <laughs> so, but yeah, like yeah, uh, you have to grow more hair so you can lose it. Um, okay, yeah. and your question about Ob, right? Ob Toppin. Yeah. Um, it's very simple. Just he'll put up great numbers on a terrible team. That's that's all there is to it. Um, I don't. Okay, I, I guess it's like if if I say I'm picking Toppin, it's it's not just picking Toppin, but who who else is not picked, right? So we can talk yeah. about your your rookie of the year pick prediction as well. Do you want to talk about Mister? I'm not Johnny Flynn, Malachi Flynn, Malachi Flynn. Uh, Malachi. I now have to walk back walk back that pick, but I can't anymore. Because it's now a function of like whether he gets minutes or not. Because he's actually like a, a really solid player. Oh, you can uh, change your pick of, too. Uh, you can tell me. I'll, I have the spreadsheet. I'll just change it. No, no. Well, come on. That's not. I mean, then you could just do that for all the picks. That wouldn't be cool. You know. Uh, okay. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta sleep in the bed that you make. Right. right. So Malachi Flynn, like he looks like a. I mean, he looks like a five-year player. Like he, he can shoot the ball. He plays good defense. Uh, he can run a team well. He doesn't need to like necessarily just be like you know solo ball all the time. Like, uh, what team is he in? I don't even know. On he's on the Raptors. Oh, okay. He's on the Raptors. Yeah, he's the unfortunately the third string point guard. But the way the Raptors play, like they they'll usually have two guard lineups. Mm-hmm. Like Kyle and Fred, they both started the game. Uh, Malachi just needs to get more. He just needs to get more minutes, and then. You know, at that point, then like he, so Nick Nurse has to make some uh, uh, rotation changes because uh, last game he only played him one minute. He only played Terrence Davis, uh, their other backup, mm-hmm. uh, one minute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he needs to stop letting Fred Van Vliet like uh, go amok and just take up every fucking shot. Man, FEV can uh, go yeah, Malachi... any time, man. The guy's an all star. I mean, the only re- the only way the Pistons make the playoffs if, is if Fred goes to the Pistons. That's it. You know. Wow. By the way, speaking of the Pistons, I do, I do. At first, when I saw your prediction, I didn't think like, oh god, you're smoking, smoking crack. But after watching them play like preseason and uh, like their first game, even though they lost against the the Wolves because they gave that game away, like, uh, yeah, the Pistons like they look solid. Like they just need to work out better rotations. They need to figure out. They need to give Plumley fewer minutes. Uh, play Jeremy Grant more. Mm-hmm. Blake Griffin just has to be like decent, because the Pistons like uh, their starting point guard is DeLon Wright, who you know I love from the Raptors. He's doesn't have to run the he doesn't have to be great on offense. He just has to play good defense, which is what he does. Yep. Killing Hayes, if anything, could be a potential rookie of the year. Just just be a, uh, based on a function of minutes, yep. he's going to get the minutes. Killing Hayes, mm-hmm. and he's a seasoned player. Like he played professional before uh, yep. joining the NBA draft, right? Uh, Pistons just need to work out the rotation, and Casey just has to be Casey, and the Pistons can get in. You know? All right. So he just has to give good press conferences and have no strategy for his team. Got it. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, so I actually think like Blake Griffin going down might be very. There's like probably eighty percent chance that Blake Griffin doesn't. Actually, let me change that. There's a ninety-eight percent chance that Blake Griffin doesn't play seventy-two games. Um, so I'm actually real, I'm actually counting on him to go down. Sorry, Pistons fans, uh, so that these other guys can do more. Like Killian Hayes might be up there for like rookie of the year if you know he gets minutes, and 
uh, I think Jeremy Grant's going to have a big year. I have him as my most improved player. Yeah, uh, I know. I know you're high on him. Yeah, I'm high on him. I think you know he's he's a good player. Like he's athletic, long, solid. He could shoot the three, and it's about defense too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why you didn't? Why didn't you include the Hawks in the top eight? It's hard, man. I think they're usually like nine or ten. I just sort of like. I was just trying to be consistent with my picks because I was just very high on Jeremy Grant. I was very high on the Pistons kind of rebounding and and basically Blake being out so that the other guys can step up. And so the Pistons are just kind of like a like a gamble pick for me, right? Because I think at eight, nine, ten, they're virtually tied. So it's like if you ask me, if you ask me tomorrow, maybe I would just put Atlanta in, in eight. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I think Atlanta is a very good team, uh, at least a regular season team. So um honestly like for me eight could be pistons it could be it could be the hawks it could be the wizards like you could just they're interchangeable to me i know it's a kind of a cop-out answer but that's that's how i feel no i i agree with that i agree with that you know out of all the those teams that you just mentioned too like oh you had magic right you want to talk about the magic Wow, we're really getting into the Eastern Conference. Well, here, I mean, nobody wants to hear figures, like, oh, you know, we yeah. think the Bucks are going to be like number one in the East, you know. Uh, Magic. Uh, okay, their rookie Cole Anthony is actually pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, he, I think he's going to be a steal at number fifteen. Um, and again, it's just it just comes down to that cohesion and just like being together for a few years. Yeah. Uh, just sticking with the system, and yeah, they still have like. Good players. Still, Jonathan Isaac, uh, right? That guy's amazing. Yeah. Well, wasn't he injured as well too for the playoffs? I, so he got injured. In yeah. The playoffs too. He's still a young guy. I don't know if the injury is serious. Hopefully, he bounces back. I'm going to touch on a few points, a few like a few different points, like all over the place here. So just bear with me. Uh, earlier in the segment, we had discussed. You had talked about your Eastern Conference playoff predictions, and talking about the Heat, especially in the Heat and the Raptors, I believe, in the finals, right? Yeah. I think it's really all about matchups at the end of the day. Like seeding is going to be really important and matchups who you match up with in the first round, second round is going to determine how far you get. So like, for example, this past run, the heat, they just had great matchups. Like they were up against, uh, who were they up against the first round? The Pacers, right? The Pacers, again, that was just favorable because Oladipo was out. They had to have. Oh no! Was it all? Oladipo was a hat. Was a shell himself. I gotta confess. Uh, when we did the playoff picks last season, I actually predicted Indiana to win, but that was a big, big mistake. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I was like, yeah, I think Indiana can upset them because I think, oh, you know, like Depot coming back and like they have some good pieces. I was just very. I, I guess this whole, the whole James fantasy or predictions is just like a correction for yeah. like how I wronged the uh, yeah. Miami last season. So. I mean, because Sabonis, he was also injured. Uh, Sabonis was injured. Oladipo was only coming back from injury. He wasn't even initially going to join the bubble. Uh, so he rushed himself. And then they had to rely on TJ Warren. So <laughs> Pacers, I mean, they will, you know, they'll be better this year. Uh, but the Magic, you know, same rationale, just like just being together. And as well, uh, Jonathan Isaac, he's able to come back. Uh, so I think he got injured like in the, one of the first games of the bubble. Mm-hmm regular season not the playoffs but one of the regular season ones Aaron, Aaron, well. Gordon. Aaron Gordon yeah. Aaron Gordon he's looking uh he's looking sharp right now he can finally uh, shoot now right because I know I know he had difficulty like scoring from outside like earlier in his career but if I look at the numbers I was looking at them the other day and he actually had pretty decent like three point and yeah. two point 
So, yeah, I mean, like the Magic are just going to be like the Charlotte Hornets, Hornets of like five years ago, just always hovering around that eighth, eighth seed and just like, yeah, just, you know, guaranteed first round exit afterwards. Okay. So now about the Hawks, uh, still touching on free agency here, you know, picking up uh, Bogdanovich, mm-hmm. picking up uh, Danilo Gallinari, mm-hmm. and let's not forget playoff Rondo. All right. Playoff Rondo. Shout out to you, man. I think you were, you did kind of push off, you know, on that girl a little bit in the parking garage. If anyone saw that Twitter, yeah, video, it was that, kind uh, of a push off, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of a push off. But yeah, that, I had to watch that a few times where you just like, you just let your, you just let your hoe just like start smacking on that other girl. <laughs> that was ridiculous. But yeah, so back to basketball here. Like Rondo would be like a great, it's going to be a great locker room presence and a great like coach. You know, they have a uh, still have John Collins, right? Box. That guy's very good. I think he's actually probably going to get a max deal. Um, and they have Clint Capella. Clint Capella, they have Clint Capella too, who, who can play his role, right? So yeah. Yeah, let's 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 not sleep on the Hawks here. We didn't like, even mention Trey. Young. Tra- like the guy can't guard, oh, and then, can't guard anybody, but he can score and assist, right? But you see, out of all the teams that you just mentioned there, on the, as among the bottom feeders of like the Eastern Conference, right? As in, be able to sneak in. Like you talked about the Wizards, you talked about uh, the Hawks. What was the other team they talked about, like as a potential eighth seed or whatever, besides the Magic? Uh, it doesn't even matter. That's like, pretty much it. Oh, the Pistons, the Pistons, Piston, the Pistons. Yeah, right? Pistons is kind of fringe, but yeah. I would say out of those teams, like Trey Young is the best player on any of those teams, except for maybe Bradley Beal. That's it. Oh god, uh, better than uh, I would say. I would take Trey Young over. Oh, okay, Westbrook Bradley Beal. I, I heard Avery Bradley. I was just like, oh god, this guy loves the Lakers so much. No, 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 no. Uh, Bradley, because you quit on us because you didn't join the bubble. So, you know, you, you can go whatever, man. You can get a ring by default. No one cares. About it's you it's really funny. But- Don't you think it's so funny, though, that um, by like we're basically in picking all these teams or saying not or not picking the Wizards to be in the top eight. We're basically saying like. Westbrook, you ain't shit like like you're not going to help that team right whereas like if you just look at the first game the wizards had in the regular season i would be like man the wizards are going to be like in the top six or the top four like it's funny how that works right again way too early just because it's only been the first game but although the wizards like they were in it like until like the last 30 seconds or 60 seconds against the first game against the sixers like it's it's really hard to say this but like Westbrook perhaps had one of the most empty triple doubles I've ever seen. I don't, I don't oh, know. you haven't watched enough of his games, I think. Yeah. Let it be known for this podcast that yeah, I'm not a fan of Westbrook's. I know you are, but I'm not. I just don't like his. I just don't like his vibe, honestly. Just uh, just always angry. And then if you actually look at the stat sheet, the box score, right? Yes, Westbrook. He did have a triple double. He got 15 assists, which is amazing. That's his. That's pretty good. Still had six turnovers, but whatever. That's still a good turnover, like assist to turnover ratio. He took twenty-two shots to score twenty points, I think, or twenty-one. And if you look at some of the highlights, again, these are just highlights because highlights are highlights. They don't show the lowlights. Like all his, all his, a lot of his shots are just like long twos. Yeah, you know, mid-range, mid-range twos, and those are just filler stats that they will let you take. You know, they will let you take all day long. Uh, yeah, and then you're essentially you're taking away shots and opportunities from the other role players who you should be giving the ball to, like Davis Bertans. Oh yeah. Uh, 
And Denny Abdivia, actually, he looks kind of uh, better than expected, mm-hmm. despite what Coach Nick said about his shooting mechanics. But uh, they need to give him a big Coach role. Nick cannot be trusted. That's my conclusion. Hey, Coach Nick, shout out to you. I know you just uh, are now doing a subscription-based model on YouTube, but uh, if you want, come on to the podcast. We'd love, <laughs> we'd love to have you. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, you just described Westbrook how I would describe like peak era Kobe. Like They're basically the same player, except one has more championships, but uh, it is what it is. Did you just compare Westbrook to Kobe? Is that what you just said? Yep. In terms yes, of, like okay. he made he got twenty points on twenty shots. That's like peak Kobe. That's that's peak Kobe right there. Uh, and also he's got the best of Kobe and Rondo. And you remember back in the day when Rondo would be like hunting for assists, he literally wouldn't shoot and just try to get assists. Like that's what Westbrook does. And when when the ball comes off the rebound off off a missed free throw, like Westbrook's like, hey guys, I got it. Like let me get the rebound so I can get my triple double. Like that's how that's how he operates. He doesn't play defense either. So yeah. Um, that's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a Russ fan. I'm definitely not a Russ fan. All right. Just to wrap things up, uh, let's end this with a more fun prediction. Um, because I love this cause I'm all about the hate. I think we both are. We're all about the hate. <laughs> Who's your pick or one of your picks to be one of the first NBA coaches to be fired this season? Okay, let me think. Um, I'll start off first, and while you uh, while you think about it, sure. Then. I'm just gonna go on a limb here and say Luke Walton. Luke Walton's gonna be the first one to, to get fired. He he's just drunk. He's an alcoholic. Uh, isn't he a sexual just, abuser? Is didn't he harass somebody? I don't know. It was settled, right? That as well too. Yeah, that as well too. His one claim to fame is just you know leading the Warriors like forty and two because Steve Kerr like had a back injury, like <laughs> you had to sit out coaching because of, of your back. I get it. I get it. I get it. Because Phil Jackson also had the same problem, mm-hmm. and he just you know he quote unquote led the Warriors to like a forty and two record or something. Yeah. And uh, I mean, but no, you had Steph, you had Clay. Uh, Draymond was where he was, where he needs to be playing a role. Right. Um, and yeah, Harrison Barnes, you know, cause that was the, that was the pre KD warriors. Okay. Luke, I mean, you have a good team man. the Kings are, you know, not bad on paper, you know, buddy, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Harrison Barnes, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's shitty that you lost Bogdanovich, but the Kings are not a bad team on paper, you know, but Again, because part of the, part of the reason is uh, just because of some things that Luke can't control is because the Kings are just so dysfunctional. Uh, I think I read somewhere in one of the surveys of like among NBA teams, Vivek Ranadive was considered the craziest or like the worst like uh, NBA board governor out of all the out of all the teams. Steve Ballmer was picked as like the best out of all the teams in terms of NBA board governors. Vivek Ranadive, the owner of the Kings, was picked the worst. And so the Kings are just dysfunctional. Uh, they have a bad culture, bad organization. And again, they're going to be picking in like in the, in the lottery again. And Luke Walton, you know, he's going to be to blame for it. You had three years to do something with the Lakers. You did nothing. Okay. Even with LeBron and, you know, with the Kings, you didn't have them prepared for the bubble. And if we're talking about like, you know, recent events, yeah, they just didn't come to play. And you're gonna take. You're gonna get the axe for it. Okay. And you just. You also need to uh, drink less, Luke. 
and stop uh, being such a, such a uh, drinking is okay for user. for podcasting, but not for for NBA coaching. Where when you're in the hotel, that's right, because because that's right. You still have to show up to the to the practice gym and shit sober. You know, you're not Ron Artest. You can't be taking swigs of whiskey and and during halftime, right? Yeah, so. or Dennis Rodman. Uh, so I agree with you on the I agree with you on this pick. Um, it was oh, actually harder. Okay. It was actually hard to um, figure out who might also be fired. Like the the question is like who's going to be fired first, right? Um, yeah. So there's people that I think might get fired, uh, you know, as the season starts going badly for them. Like, for example, Vogel could just as easily be coach of the year as I have him or yeah. a coach who gets fired if things don't go well. Like some somebody will have to fall mm. when things don't go well, usually the coaches. Um, I think there are some coaches that probably deserve to be fired after a season, like Tyron Lue yeah. or Doc Rivers, but they probably won't be because they don't. Organization doesn't want to doesn't want to be be perceived as like just making a quick trigger on that. Um, I would actually think Thibodeau though. If I'm talking about a new coach who can still get fired or want leave on his own or whatever, it's hard to say in this in this day and age what what's the real story. Uh, Tom Thibodeau would be my uh, runner up pick. I can see it. I mean, I can see it happening, just not this season, just because it's it's more likely that someone will get fired of a team that is supposed to do great and doesn't so if the buck season goes sour i can also see budenhoser getting fired first uh and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that that's that's more likely yeah oh i have uh, another one that uh it's basically just be- based on just like in like because the, these are coaches who've been on their teams for a while and it's like maybe they're past their shelf life now um I might say Quinn Snyder and or Terry Stotts, but I don't see that happening because they're still solid coaches. Yeah. But I will say uh, Ryan Saunders of the Timberwolves. Oh, yeah, that's a good uh, pick. He, uh, you know, he's just a really young guy still, like in his 30s. I think he's just around right now just because of, you know, legacy, because Flip Saunders, you know, God bless his soul. Uh, he's young. You know, he's Flip young Saunders. Dwayne Casey. Like he gets along great with the organization, with the players, but I don't know if he actually produces the results that are needed. I don't think so either. No, I agree with you. And then, you know, Minnesota, obviously, uh, they may have like, you know, medium expectations with like Cat. I, I saw something interesting on the, on the on last game's boss score. Like D'Angelo Russell did not start the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the reason for that. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Rubio, I mean, he's a solid vet. Um, well, Russell is yeah, just like course, super shrewder, right? I think he, he could be good in a second unit if he's willing to do it. Yeah. I mean, he finished the game though. And then, you know, ultimately the, the Wolves did beat the Pistons the last game. Yep. Uh, and yeah, I mean, they have like the number one uh, overall pick Anthony Edwards on the team. So, mm-hmm. you know, it comes down to if the Timberwolves are floundering as well, and then they're trying to make some scramble moves to be to true appease yep. Carl Anthony Towns. I think, I think Saunders is a, is a solid pick for a coach that could be fired. I agree with that. All right. Well, that wraps up our Christmas mashup NBA show podcast. If you listen this far, thank you very much. And Merry Christmas wherever you are in the world and be safe. Take care. Take care, everybody. Have a happy new year. Have a happy holidays and a great new year.